Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's around the house. And I see this happen 20% of the time out there. You as a homeowner, asking via committee, your friends and family, your design choices. Your friends and family don't have to live there. If you are concerned about what it's going to look like, or if you're unsure of your selections, go back to your designer and ask them. If you have a friend that is really good at design and you're gonna talk to them, maybe ask one person their opinion But if you go out and start getting eight people's opinions, you're going to get 10 different answers. And the problem is, is you are going to take that back to your designer and that is going to cost you thousands of dollars as a home. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know. But we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to the Around the House show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. We've got a great couple of shows today. First off today, we're going to talk about how to hire an interior designer and my tips there. And on hour number two coming up, we're going to talk with Aria Vent about those beautiful vents that you see out there. So a couple things if you want to get a hold of us or find out more about this show, whether you're on the radio or the podcast, head over to AroundTheHouseOnline.com and you can see everything there from uh, on the website, from videos, especially the videos from my television show, which is weekly around the house northwest that currently is airing in the portland oregon area well today we want to talk about how to how to hire an interior designer and i want to start out first with my big expertise because i've got 29 years of interior design specializing in kitchen and bath is how to find that kitchen and bath designer and that's really a key because you know interior design is a great trade out there, but I really want to talk about what I call the the specialties here in this part of the show. And kitchen and bath is something that you really need to specialize in to handle it. And nothing against our NCIDQ designers and the you know those type of more commercial based interior designers, but if you're going to be drawn out cabinetry and drawn out for a kitchen or a bathroom or designing showers, I want to have somebody that is very specialized in this. And so that's the key there. So the first thing I look for, and I'm not just saying this because I am, but I took this test. I'm a certified kitchen designer myself. Back in 1999, I took the test on that, and uh, I have been a certified kitchen designer ever since. So look for that certification. They've changed the names a little bit a few years ago. This is through the National Kitchen and Bath Association. They have their certified kitchen and bath designer certification. So it's one certification. Back when I took it, there was a certified kitchen designer, a certified bath designer, and a certified master kitchen and bath designer. And those are kind of the high mark, the high marks for the kitchen and bath industry in design. And to me, they are the highest grade you can get as far as a test out there, because there is not a test out there that you can take uh, that 
asks you more about kitchen design and a certification than these certifications. Now, there's the Associate Kitchen and Math Designer, and that's kind of your entry-level certification, which means that you've met kind of the minimum standards there. So it does get better as far as how that goes. Something to think about. So the thing is, is this is why I want to talk about these certifications, because you have to know your stuff, right? You've got to know how to design a kitchen, bath. When I took the test back in the day, in the 90s, it was much harder than it is now because I could not use computers. So everything had to be hand drafted. So my test was basically an eight hour test. There was written and you had about 30 seconds per question and some of them were multiple choice. So you had to get going on this thing. It was a rapid fire. There is no way you could fake your way through this test. You either know it or you don't. And then the last half of the test was a drafting portion where they gave you you know, the test, and you had to draft out this room. But I'll tell you what, back in the day, they gave you tricks in the test where they could autofill you. So they set up some traps that if you got in a hurry and missed the steps of doing the plan right, there was no doing that. If you tried to do that, you got nailed. And guess what? You're going to have to take that test again. And back in the day when I took it, there was only a small percentage that made it the first time. I, I did well. I made it the first time, but I was one of a few that only made it through the first time. Typically, people took it two or three times to get there. But I had a fair amount of experience. I think I had eight or nine eight or nine years experience when I took it. So I had been doing it for a long time. So I was pretty experienced. Now, here's the thing. I think the uneducated designer is very dangerous. Now, there are people out there that have got a lot of street smarts that have designed hundreds or thousands of kitchens that have no educational background. I'm not talking about a college education here. I'm talking about people that are out there waving their arms around pretending to be kitchen and bath designers, and they're out there. And I'll give an example of one of them. I'm not going to say any names, but you'll get, you'll get a clue here of the kind of person that you should be scared of. This person is someone that I saw out in the industry. They did not finish middle school. Now, they did have some medical conditions like dyslexia and things like that, I believe. And, uh, you know, that's hypothetical. Now, here's the thing. This person, and there's a lot of designers out there like this. It's a small percentage, but there are a lot of them out there. If you handed them a pad and a paper, they did not have the ability to even sketch it out. And then they would have other people draw it out for them. So they would look good, but they had no idea of the space, the concept, the math, and did not have the ability to design a space. Now they could figure out, oh, this backsplash will look good. This floor will look good. This cabinetry might look good, but no different than maybe your next door neighbor. And that's where I don't want you to pay for something like that. You know, a good designer is going to cost you money. And if someone is giving you free design, then I you are paying for design someplace. Like when you walk into the home centers, for instance, right? Now, you rarely will find a certified kitchen designer in the home center because a home center has kitchen and bath people in there. They might have been trained. But here's the thing. When you walk into the home center, they could be designing basic kitchens for years. But... That is also the lowest place many kitchen designers will get a job as far as price for what they make. So the people that are really good tend to leave the home centers pretty quickly because they just don't pay that well. A good kitchen and bath designer is a six-figure salary. 
And making forty or fifty thousand dollars a year at the big box store usually doesn't pay very well for them. And so the ones that are really good at what they do tend to leave. And that's just what it is. And that's okay. But here's the other thing I would consider with that. When you get that good designer, they're going to be the one that's going to walk you through this process. And that's where the key is to this. Now, I wanted to say this with the home centers as well. Nothing against home centers, but that's why their cabinetry is so expensive. I can usually, if I went in and saw Craftmade, American Woodmark, or Schuler, or name the brands out there, I can usually get those cabinets cheaper at a local dealer. Now, the only time that it might make sense is if that manufacturer or, you know, the, the, the home center has a financing option through their credit card where you can finance, you know, 12 months, same as cash, that kind of stuff. Sometimes that can make a big deal where you can get deferred payments and stuff like that. So it might make sense they're paying a little bit more to be able to do that. But otherwise, that's why you're paying so much there is they have such a great overhead and you're doing that. But when I see a design being done for free, you're paying for it either in the cabinets or someplace else. I would much rather just know what the design is. What's the design going to cost? And it could be a few thousand dollars for them to do their work. But you know something? You get to hold them accountable for it as well. And that's the key. And so really finding out what that design is going to cost you. If you're spending a few thousand dollars for a, a good designer, that pays for itself really quickly. But keep in mind, how many hours you spend with them is up to you. Now, if you keep changing your, you know, I've, I've been paid $10,000 by a client to redesign a kitchen. But the problem was, is that we ended up designing it over and over again, because, well, they were indecisive. And quite frankly, their friends got involved. So that ended up, we designed that kitchen probably six or seven times. And so that's where it gets expensive. Hey, when we come back, I've got so many more tips on hiring a designer just as soon as around the house. Why in a world of ugly faces should I be allowed to be so hot? So many people. So this is where we help you get the most out of your own through information and education. Hey, if you're joining us on the radio show today, don't forget we do have a podcast that is out there uh, all week long you can catch. So if you're out driving around in your car today listening on the radio, don't worry. You can catch it on the podcast. Just look for Around the House Show. And if you want more information about the show or to contact me, head over to aroundthehouseonline.com and you can do it over there. And if you want to be a part of my TV show, which is Around the House Northwest, you can actually go over there and there's a burst page where you could submit a video question showing me your project. and You might end up on my television show. Well, today we've been talking about how to hire an interior designer. And right now, specifically in this part of the show, we're talking about a kitchen and bath designer of making sure that you get the right designer for that project. Now, one of the things that that I get concerned about when I get designers, and especially with kitchen and bath designers, and quite frankly, I'll, I'll loop in interior designers the same way. There are many ways that the, the payment structure works. Now, a designer is going to charge you someplace because they've got to make money. This is not a nonprofit. And this is where I get very concerned. I would much rather see the designer 
book their services in the contractor be their own person. So the designer is not marking up the labor of the contractor because here's why. And this is a problem that I see out there. That contractor that's doing the work, if they have a contract with you, the homeowner, you are now covered by their license, bond, and insurance. It starts to get really gray as if you have an interior designer that is subcontracting to that contractor, and that designer does not have all of that as far as, you know, license, bond, and insurance, you might not be covered like you think you are. And I'm not an attorney, nor do I pretend to play one on the radio or podcast. But this is where you got to be very careful. So I, if, if they're going to mark this stuff up or if they're going to be managing it, I would much rather see you pay for that designer under an hourly rate. Or if there's a percentage of the project, if that works for you, great. But here's the thing. With a designer, I do not like those numbers going through their books where they're writing the check to the contractor because I think you're less protected as a homeowner and you have less recourse back against the contractor. This can affect everything from warranties. This can be a lot of different issues. And I think the same thing, to be honest, runs with the interior designer buying the product and giving it to the contractor and getting it to you who installs it. I would much rather have the contractor purchase the materials or their subcontractors purchase the materials so it's covered. Because here's what can happen. Many contractors out there, if you're supplying materials to them to install and it's a warranty claim, it's not the contractor's problem. They were installing the product that you got them. So they don't have to have, if a product fails and it was a warranty item for that product, you're going to have to pay them to come out and do it. Now, in many places, and depending on where you're located, check with your local contracting laws. But in many places, when that contractor goes out and buys it, it's covered under their warranty. They purchased it. They controlled the product. They got it out there. And they installed it. So then that's covered under their umbrella of a warranty. So this is something very you need to be very careful of out there because you can navigate this incorrectly. Just like with the subcontractors out there, you want to make sure that your contractor is controlling all of the subcontractors out there because I've seen this happen and this is where it gets ugly. All it takes is one temporary service or somebody like that to get hurt and there's fingers pointed on who's getting the bill for that person. That's why I never want to see you having anybody out there working on your project that is not under someone's license, bond, or insurance. Even you as a homeowner grabbing somebody off of Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, or even just a temporary worker, if they're not covered by someone's workers' compensation insurance, guess what? When they get hurt, you as the homeowner are fully responsible. And that's going to get really expensive if they get hurt, or even worse, if they're not able to work ever again. That could cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars to millions, depending on the liability and how big your insurance is. So that's a big one. So back to that designer now, you know, looking for that certification is key. And here's the number one, personality. If you are having a great communication with this, with this designer, whether it's a kitchen, a bath or interior designer or whatever, that personality is key. Can you communicate? Because right now, before you've started the project, when you're designing it, if you are having a hard time communicating, 
that is a red flag for you and the designer. Now, it could be the designer having, you know, a bad communication skills. Quite frankly, it could be you having bad communication skills. And so that's the issue there. And make sure that you guys are working solidly together. You're on the same team. Work together. Now, here's one of the things, a little tip as a homeowner, where this can get expensive. And this is going to end up being your fault if you do this. And I see this happen 20% of the time out there. You as a homeowner, asking via committee your friends and family your design choices. Your friends and family don't have to live there. If you are concerned about what it's going to look like, or if you're unsure of your selections, go back to your designer and ask them. If you have a friend that is really good at design and you're going to talk to them, maybe ask one person their opinion. But if you go out and start getting eight people's opinions, you're going to get 10 different answers. And the problem is, is you are going to take that back to your designer and that is going to cost you thousands of dollars as a homeowner. Now you're going to drive the interior designer crazy And more importantly, you're going to make them a lot of money because that hourly wage that you're paying them, whether it's $100, $200, $300 an hour, whatever that price is, you're paying for that like an attorney. So the longer you take in those decisions and the more you go back and have them redesign. I mean, I had a project here in Portland that I designed and I always kept track of my design. So I would do, I'm just going to use a generic name, Smith. Smith Kitchen 1, I'd start out with. By the time I was done, I was back at 13. No, it wasn't the Smith's Kitchen. By the time I was back at 13, I was back to the original design. And that's what they ended up buying after 13 revisions, which meant I went back and did 13 major design changes. We went back to the original one, and that's what it was. And so the original colors, original everything, there was a couple minor tweaks, but that cost them thousands of dollars. Because they were going to their friends and family and designing by committee. And the people that had the biggest voice were people that were going to visit once, twice, five times a year. And that cost them thousands of dollars. The money they spent on that, they could have put their friends in the nicest hotel in town for days anytime they came to visit. And it cost them more. So now when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about some ways that you can take a look and see if you've hired the right designer or design firm. We'll do that as soon as we come back after these important messages. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back when Around the House returns.
to the Around the House show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us today. If you're catching us on the radio, don't forget we do have a podcast. And if you're catching us on the podcast, when you're driving around, make sure you're tuning into AMFM radio and you can catch Around the House show all across the United States. Well, today we've been talking about how to hire an interior designer and what to look for. And one of my next tips here is kind of doing the background checks to see what's going on. And this is where I want you to take a look. Because in certain states, you have to have designers that have to be certified if they're calling themselves a certified interior designer. You know, in Florida and other states, there's certification laws. So make sure you understand what those laws are in your area. And second of all, do some research. I want you to see how many times this person has been dragged to court. Now, in many states with contractor's licenses, you can go see how many complaints there are, how many things. Do not go to the BBB. The Better Business Bureau is not someone that I support. Uh, When I had my interior design business years ago, I had zero complaints. I'd been around for three years, and I had a C-minus rating. I called them up and went, hey, guys, I've never worked with you. You have a C-minus rating. And they said, hey, if you want to pay $750, we'll make you accredited, and you'll have an A+. So I was able, if I paid that money, to get an A+. I talked about it on a radio show up there, and guess what? After that radio show aired, I had an A+. I've also had people that I know of that are contractors who had a bad rating, and they paid to get it accredited, and they had complaints, and they got the A+, after buying that. And so that's the reason why in the past, places like Disney and the Ritz-Carlton, who didn't want to pay the BBB, had F ratings because guess what? They weren't writing them a check. So that is not a reliable source, in my opinion, to find a designer or a contractor. Now, here's what I would do. And I guess it goes state by state. Do some research. If the interior designer or the company they work for has had multiple legal issues where they have been sued or personally sued, that is a red flag. I know design firms out there, you know, and and guess what? There are always bad customers, like there's bad designers. So having a couple lawsuits isn't something that really makes me nervous, especially if they were taken out of court. Guess what? Things happen. But I tell you what, where I get worried is when there's four, five, six, ten, where you've had firms suing employees, employees suing firms, clients suing firms. That is usually a hot mess. Now, another thing that I would do is ask around. If you've got a contractor and you're looking for a designer, I would ask that contractor who they've worked with. Because guess what? A contractor, if you've already done your research and you've hired a great contractor, then the biggest thing for them is they want someone that's going to get the, get it right and make it easy. So if there's one there, the, the, your, your contractor knows, says, hey, here's my designer. Take that with a grain of salt because they are going to be probably very easy to work with. Contractors that don't like working with certain designers can be a big problem because You have a team here, and if the team is a hot mess going between the contractor, the designer, and you, you are in the land of finger pointing, and that's going to cost you nothing but money. 
because you want to have that designer that is really skilled, that is going to help you get that project from start to finish. And yes, the designer is going to hold that contractor accountable. Hey, that wasn't supposed to go like that. That's the designer's job. No question. But if they work well together, that's going to be better for you and your project. So those two have to be like BFFs in this process. And if they're not getting along to start with during the honeymoon period before construction starts, it is going to get much, much worse. And I know that's going to be ugly for you. So be very careful. You need to make sure that you've got that dialed in in that relationship. So make sure that you've asked about their background, seen how many times they've been sued, and more importantly, that they're able to work side by side with that contractor to be able to work together. Because that personality is going to be one of the biggest keys of getting your project started and finished and, of course, on budget. Now, some of the other things I want you to look at out there is going to be that designer's continuing education. Little ways to find out. Do they go off to the big design shows every year and see the latest products? For instance, have they gone to the design and construction week that's in Las Vegas or Orlando every year? Do they go out? And that's where the certification does help is that continuing education keeps them on top of their game. Because the ones that don't, end up getting into wherever they learned and they don't expand their knowledge that well. When these people as designers go out and explore and see the new products and get our, and are involved in a trade organization, that's where their growth is going to continue year after year after year. So I want to make sure that they're attending conferences and shows and all of that stuff. That continuing education is one of the biggest parts of finding the right designer, because especially with how technology has been changing from, you know, if you've got a designer that's, oh, yeah, I love these lacquer cabinets. Guess what? That was great in 1985. But these days, lacquer is not one of those things that you really need to be taking a look at because lacquer is such a poor quality finish compared to the new stuff out there. And what I mean by that is the new stuff is the stuff that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the uh, conversion varnish that's been on the market for 20 years and even the the new catalyzed urethanes and the urethane finishes out there on cabinetry. So that's where the new products come in and they're going to start specializing in that. And uh, they're going to maybe step beyond some of the older materials and finishes that are going to give you something more durable. So that is one of the things. And then... Really, the other thing that I really want to talk about is how they stay on top of industry trends. Are they someone out there that is writing articles? Are they involved doing stuff? Are they doing training as far as are they training other designers? Are they educating anyone out there if they've got a lot of experience? That is something, too, that I look for that's a little feather in the cap that's, you know, where I think is going to be important to find the right person. Now, the other thing I want to look at here, too, is talking to referrals. How well did the projects go on the previous projects? You know, did these things turn out great? You could see pictures, but today's problem with pictures is is I can steal anything off any website out there and make myself look like a designer and never have done it. So the problem, though, is if you ask for a referral, when your project is done, you should be on their referral list 
and you're going to get phone calls after you're done, you're enjoying your project, maybe your kitchen and bathroom is completely done, and guess what? Your phone's going to ring a few times a year, and your name's going to be in the rotation, and that's okay. You want to be able to give your name out there as well, and that's going to be an important one. Now, when we come back here, I'm going to talk about one of the thingest, one of the biggest things that you should really take a look at out there, and it's an important one, and I think this is going to be something that you should be doing and finding out because your project, many times we don't under budget that project, right? We don't go, okay, I'm going to spend $30,000 on this project, right? You don't have another 30 if this project goes sideways. And I'll tell you what, I have seen some designs out there where nothing was taken into account, especially if you're in a condo or a multifamily type situation, This is where it can be really, really expensive for you, especially if they don't know how to work in that building. Like if I've got somebody that is going to work in my condo or my my townhouse, I want to make sure that they have that knowledge of working on those type of things. Because I tell you what, someone that's worked in residential homes their entire career, the first time they work in a condo, you're going to see problems. We've got some other tips just as soon as Around the House returns. Don't go anywhere. Are you looking for a good night's sleep? I had a mattress from a box that was keeping me up all night long. I stopped in at Mattress Warehouse USA and they handmade me a new one that is getting me the best sleep of my life. Plus, if you need a custom size, they can handle that too. For handcrafted care at prices that are much less than the big mattress stores, head to mattresslw.com. Make sure and mention Eric G sent you for 10% off your purchase. Plus, they ship anywhere in the US. Mattresslw.com. Sleep well. Welcome back to the Around the House show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. We've been talking today about my tips to make sure that you've hired the right designer and hiring the right interior designer. Maybe it's kitchen, a bath designer, bath designer, whatever. Make sure that you've got the right person working on your project. Now, one of the things that I want to make sure that a good designer can really work through multiple styles But where I've seen troubles is if you have a very contemporary eye and you found a designer that really loves a traditional or another style and they might have a trouble, might have trouble going to that other style because it's something they don't like. So what I want you to be careful of is hiring a designer that is doing a style that they don't like nor understand. So if you've got this beautiful mid-century house that you're going to do something that's mid-century, I want somebody that has really dove in and handled mid-century before. So I want to make sure that they understand that style. So finding that designer to work in the style that you have is going to be key because otherwise you're trying to fit that uh, square peg through the round hole, and that's always a tough one. So make sure that you've got the right one. Now, here's another one here that I want you to make sure. I want to make sure that you have a very solid 
legal contract with that designer that shows what the deposit is, what the budget is, what the max spend is. Because here's what I want to do. If you're being charged by the hour, and if that designer goes beyond whatever hours a week, 20, 30, 40 hours a week, I want to see in that contract that you have turned around and have a stopgap in there that says, hey, I was notified when I hit this benchmark. As a consumer, I want to see that. I have seen unethical designers send clients bills that were tens of thousands of dollars beyond what the original bust budget estimate was because they think they could take them for money because these people had money and they were holding them hostage. So I want to see benchmarks of, okay, when I go past, when I hit 50% of my budget, I want to know. When I hit 75% of my budget, I want to know. If we're going beyond the budget, I want to know. And you should have that notified via email and confirmed receipt and acknowledgement. And I want to see that in the contract. And of course, follow your state and local laws on what that contract states. Because I want to solve this before it gets to be ugly. I have seen so many times that things get out of control and it's an expectation that should be set early on. Now, one of the things that I want to see that, and this stuff happens, and this is on you as a homeowner hiring a designer and a contract or contractor, actually. So all three of those, designer and the contract and the contractor. I want to make sure that you understand what the road ahead looks like because you're going to go through the design process. You're going to do selections. And in this process, things will probably go sideways a little bit at some point. And that's okay. It can go sideways. But how you react, how the design team reacts, and how the contractor reacts is what the key is. I want to make sure that that the, everyone's communicating well. I want to make sure that materials are ordered, paid for, understood, before the project starts. So if you're doing a bathroom remodel, I want to see most of the materials on site, especially cabinetry and tile and fixtures and those kind of things that go in. I want to see the big pieces there, especially the custom ones before you start, because that takes time. I have a big project on my house I'm going to do with siding and doors and stuff like that. Do I want to get after it and start doing it? Absolutely. Is my front door here? No, it's a custom-made door. It gets here when it gets here. That's when I start it. And I'm waiting for that. And that's okay. I'm not going to go rip my house apart, put a piece of plywood over my front door, and wait for it to get in because I don't have the door yet. That's just, that makes no sense. So always make sure that you have stuff. And I tell you what, I can't tell you how many times I've seen cabinets get damaged in shipping. I can't tell you how many times I've seen a semi-truck get flipped over or a container gets flipped over and things get destroyed. These are things that get really difficult. Can't tell you how many times I've seen that happen where the, the kitchen gets destroyed or bathroom materials get destroyed on the way there. And now that project is tore up. And instead of having not having a kitchen for three months, you don't have a kitchen for six months because cabinetry, even though they're, hurt, they're hurrying through the process, could still be 10 to 12 
to 14 weeks away. And that's where that gets to be very frustrating. And on top of it, you as a homeowner are going to be very stressed during this whole time. You have different people coming in your house. You have different people costing you money. You're going to be worried about, hey, why isn't somebody working at my house? It's 9 a.m. on a Monday. And a lot of this has to do with what trades are there and what the schedule is. So part of this, what you should be expected to have is a schedule, a construction and design schedule from your contractor and designer. And a good contractor is going to give you that weekly schedule so you know that the electrician's here on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday is the plumber or vice versa. These are those things that are going to really make your life easier so you don't micromanage it. Now, if that contractor or designer says, hey, I'm going to have somebody out here at 8 a.m. and it's 10, nobody's there, of course, let them know. But just be prepared for that. And if you see something that looks wrong, and I'm not talking the tile's half done, but if you see something that looks like that's the wrong color completely, ask, bring it up early. It's easier to fix it than it is to have to start over. If you have to pop some tiles out because they got 10 tiles laid in the shower and they look like the wrong color or there's a batch slot problem, bring it up then because when it's grouted, it's a whole different project. So make sure that you understand what this remodeling process is because it's going to be painful. It is. They say remodeling is one of the, the top most difficult things for a relationship. Now, one last thing I'm going to give you for a, for a, for a tip here, and that was kind of on you as a homeowner, is going to be find someone, when in doubt, that's local or has the ability to travel and be in your area whenever they can. Because I don't like the online design options out there where you can get a designer online and they're going to zoom in. I get doing Zoom meetings, but I don't want to be doing a have a design project in Philadelphia and have something from L.A. or Florida working on that project without them being there to manage it. Because to be honest, on an interior designer and you're doing a remodel and it's a detailed project, if they're just making some initial selections and they're walking away, that's one thing. But if they're in there from start to finish, they need to be at that job site at least once a week depending on what's happening. Do they need to be there for rough-ins? Probably not. But when materials start going in, yeah, they need to be an active part of that if you're paying them to do that. So start your search in your local area, and it's going to help you on travel anyway, because guess what? If someone has to jump on a plane every time to come see your project, and they're going to be there weekly or biweekly, that's going to get expensive. Someone's paying for it, and that someone probably is you. And that's going to be a big one that, well, I want you to think about. Now, if you've got any designer questions, feel free to head over to aroundthehouseonline.com. If you're trying to, if you've got questions about hiring a designer, you can send it over to me. I will personally respond to everyone over there. So if you head over there, hit the contact us page and you can find it there. And if you are someone that wants to be a guest on Around the House, you can do that over there as well. Just send over there and say, uh, Say hey over to aroundthehouseonline.com. Contact us if uh, you think you're someone that has something to say that uh, my wonderful audience here, you guys, would be loving to hear. 
always like to hear new people and new new stuff on this show. So aroundthehouseonline.com. Now, coming up here in the next hour, we have got a great show ahead. We're going to be talking with Aria Vent. And I don't know if you've seen these guys out there. They really popped up uh, a few years ago, and it's the first really, to be honest, designer vent that I've seen out there that makes those air vents, air return vents, and even bathroom accessories look good. They even have, and I'll give you a little secret here before we talk about it, they even have a unit that goes in between the studs for your bathroom that hides the plunger, the toilet brush, and the extra rolls of toilet paper, and it flushes out with your wall in the bathroom so you don't have to look at that thing sitting next to the toilet or under the sink cabinet. All that and more coming up in the next hour of Around the House. Thanks for tuning in to Around the House. I appreciate it. Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand-molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.